And welcome into our Thursday community segment for you. Of course, we're talking about loading and rolling. And joining me is Thomas Watson, our enterprise trucking expert. Thomas, how you doing? Pleasure to be on, Bill. Always, always fun stuff to talk about. Always, this always fun stuff to talk about. Wait. So we're into earnings season here a little bit, and we've gotten some reports back. And uh, you kind of wanted to jump into this uh, in your newsletter in terms of Heartland skipping a beat, perhaps. I really like the title on that. It's it's fascinating because Heartland, from my experiences working in trucking, always known for pricing discipline, really good on operating ratio, but uh, their earnings were really drugged down. So some of the big takeaways here, I have notes, so bear with me. I have to read these things. Uh, so their overall adjusted OR had uh, went from 90.6 to 94.9. So this is adjusted, you know, putting a few little things in. But for Q4, had they not sold some terminals, they would have been at a 105.8 or lost money for every cent that they made. And so one of the first challenges for Heartland was figuring out how to integrate two companies they bought back in 2022, which is uh, Smith Transport and CFI. And the issue is, if you look at their performance, they had an OR of 103.8 throughout 2023 for the year. So 103, they were dragging it down. If you look at Legacy Heartland, though, uh, their excess operating ratio was 85.1. So when we're looking at performance-wise, this is a really good case to illustrate the challenges where if you're a large carrier and you buy smaller carriers to, you know, it's a good deal or truck cap, it's very difficult sometimes to get them in that same culture, that same discipline to then make them profitable. So with that, then let's let's take it to more of an across-the-board perspective in terms of, you know, obviously look at that as a good case study. Does that apply to other areas across the board? Obviously, you're talking about acquisitions there at the same time. Uh, U.S. Express and the Knight Swift merger. That's another great example. We hear talks in the earnings over the past few quarters since the purchase, the impact, and then they're going to management team highlight the the turnarounds or the wins and stuff because that's another example of of integration. And so uh, there's a few others in the space there. I think the biggest one that I saw, especially with the the drag was Heartland, but there's a fun one with, uh, and I think that was one of them had a seventy three million dollar. Uh, you know, insurance claim that basically just goose egged their earnings in Q4. So that's another one. If you're a large carrier and you're actually going into insuring smaller carriers and stuff, turns out that's a very risky, high risk, high reward. And this turn that, you know, they had the, the risk. So have to do a little bit more digging on that. But we are starting to see, I think the biggest trend that folks want to watch is, you know, for these carriers, the market has been rough for a few quarters now. The, the large asset carriers who are mostly contract are really feeling the pinch. We knew the market was this bad six months ago on the spot, but, you know, it takes some time for the overall contract and market to do it. It's like if, uh, you know, if if the spot market sneezes, eventually the contract market will catch a cold. And we're, we're in the middle of that right now. We need some Sudafed. That's a good analogy there as well. So uh, as you look at this, again, kind of, as we see the operating ratios coming up, you know, we've already talked about when is the quote unquote recovery, even though slow recovery possibly gonna happen. You see, you've mentioned operating ratios above 100. Obviously nobody wants to be there, but when can we perhaps, are we gonna see that across the board? Is it coming later when we might see some relief? What are you seeing as far as that's concerned with it, with operating ratios across the board with enterprise trucking? Well, that's the fascinating part because when we wanted to, we wanna figure out 
if the market will improve, we have to remember this is uh, bifurcated. This is split in two, uh, bifurcated. I love these words here. Big words today. Uh, contracted carriers are saying the second half to even, you know, near the end of the half of 2024 before it gets better. While some are predicting maybe the spot market and early uh, leading edges maybe by between Q1 uh, early spring or by the time summer hits. And so that's an important thing to see. We may see have a situation where the spot market actually does start improving and moving upwards, but it may take an additional three to six months before it forces contract rates to meaningfully move up. You know, we, we typically like to say that contract that spot leads contract uh, 30 to 90 days. But at the same time, before carriers are willing and comfortable to say the worst is behind us, it will take them a much longer time. So we're, we're continuing to see this, this uh, you know, very hesitant. We don't want to, if you're a CEO right now, you just don't want to say things are good. You just want to keep being doom and gloom because you're responsible for getting your shares pummeled. So we're, we're going to have them be a lot more doomerism uh, instead of optimism while, you know, we're looking at the data now and we're seeing some early signs, but just still not out of the woods. It's just... It's not going down and at the bottom. It's slowly moving upwards, but at a very, uh, you know, volatile rate. It's not like it's, you know, it's not where you can painfully see that things are getting better. It's fits and starts. It's going to be interesting to watch that over the course of the next few months there as well. Let's shift gears a little bit, talk about UPS and a story that we have talked about ad nauseum. In other words, things were quote unquote normal and the pandemic happened and Revenues went through the roof for a lot of people. And then like many people have experienced, they've come crashing down to, uh, in some cases, unfathomable lows as well. Look at UPS, obviously the announcement of 12,000 jobs, they're cutting and then possibly Coyote as well. That's a really fun one. I mean, you know, let's go back to, let's go blast from the past here. Throwback Thursday, uh, 2015, Coyote Logistics was bought by UPS for $1.8 billion. On their earnings call, they talked about how when they acquired Coyote in 15, the revenues on that previous year was $2.1 billion. So, you know, diversifying seemed like the name of the game back in 15. During that part of the pandemic where we did see all that craziness and great opportunities for brokers, they made at, they peaked at over $4 billion a year in revenue. So, you know, when we make these decisions, when management makes these decisions, especially if it's a pure play, mixed play, parcel LTL at the time, buying a freight brokerage, you're going to try to get more value out of it. Also, Coyote had the tech stack. Uh, Bazooka was one of their tech stacks. They're one of the very uh, early ones in terms of creating a, a growth model that other brokerages have managed to. It's a high growth, very brute force method of trying to gain customer share and acquisition and stuff. And the, the problem was, though, following that, it's like a sugar high. The pandemic was a, the equivalent of a supply chain sugar high. We're crashing out right now and we're passed out on the couch. And that's what happened to UPS in the earnings with Coyote. Coyote was a drag on earnings for the year. Coyote was a drag on earnings for the quarter. And it just reached a point, you know, the writing would have been on the wall when they got rid of UPS Freight to, uh, I think it was uh, TFI, uh, the Canadian company. And that was their LTL kind of mixed truckload LTL thing that went across. Because I know even large asset-based carriers would do truckload to truckload. So people like to think of UPS as a pure play parcel. But when you have that vertical integration, you can have some LTL. You can have some full truckload as you go between your nodes and your uh, your terminals. Uh, so someone, someone will call in and fight me on that. They'll say, no, it's just a pure play parcel. I was like, no, nah, you, you don't get it. You're only seeing one sector of it. But... I digress. Uh, 
we are seeing the strategic, uh, the the sale of a potential sell. The question is, though, who's going to buy it? What are you, you going to try? Are you going to try to break even off of it? Who's you know? Also, right now in this sector, C.H. Robinson had some rough earnings. Brokers are not in a good place right now, as the Kardashians would say. Not in a good place. Who's going to buy it if you're not in a good place and you don't have the margins or the means to? So this is going to be fascinating. I think that's why we have the language strategically evaluate things, including a sale, because they've already done rounds of layoffs. They're cutting. They don't know if they're going to cut to the bone yet. Maybe we're looking for bone. Who knows? You know, I don't get paid enough to know that. I don't, I'm not behind the <laughs> scenes. But uh, that is that is one of the big things to watch. Because, uh, you know, if I were in that situation, I think the biggest challenge, this is for truckload carriers as well. That's why I like to highlight UPS, just because these are the decision makers that even if you have other carriers and mixed modes, if you want to get rid of a segment, is there a way to time it? Is there a possible way? Because you could theoretically mess it up, get rid of uh, Coyote, sell it at a steep discount, take the loss, and it turns out it can bounce back under the right leadership. Or do you want to sell it when it's on the upswing and try to goose it and get it a potential better value out of it? I mean, it's not like a convoy situation. Convoy had the, well, it could be if they just want to sell the tech stack versus the people, but it opens up the doors for a lot of questions. I know as an enterprise trucking expert, you think, well, why, Thomas, would you talk about brokerages? Well, enterprise fleets use brokerages as well to backfill. Most enterprise free fleet mixes are 90% contract, 10% spot. Everyone has their favorite mix, just like Colonel Sanders with his fried chicken. But you know, these are things that will impact large asset-based carriers, but on the split side for brokers, if a coyote disappears, there's so much capacity, there's so many brokerages out there, I really do feel like it would not uh, it would not be a cataclysmic situation uh, if they'll be able to absorb uh, the losses. Very interesting. Then, real quickly, as you look at UPS, do they have a pinch point there somewhere where they have to make a decision, or they can they hold on to this just long enough, like you say, maybe wait for an upswing and then try and get it when the market's getting better? I think they're feeling the pressure. I'm assuming, you know, I would say the next 90 days because what you want to do is you've already started by by saying that we're going to have this situation. It's on Q4 earnings, but you really need to figure out for the next quarter, looking ahead, you don't have that luxury of saying it's going to get better. We're just waiting. You're still going to have a lot of questions for management and other things. And unless the general market improves for parcel folks, you're going to have to make a play. Time, It's clock. You know, you just don't want the buzzer to hit you. I think that's going to be the situation for sure. All right, you've got the newsletter coming out later today. What's coming up on Loaded and Rolling? Ooh, tough stuff. Groundhog Day. Uh, I tried making Groundhog Day predictions. Don't put your faith in rodents to predict the freight market's outcome. Uh, also have some U.S. bank uh, payment index stuff. And then next week on Loaded and Rolling, the show trademark uh gonna be having on uh the folks at cover wallet steven uh, ritzler team lead of trucking and logistics at cover uh, cover wallet gonna be talking about the fmcsa and transparency and the trucking industry do they want to be transparent or do we have to drag them kicking and screaming we'll find out good question as always thomas great to have you with us always a pleasure